The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This is Being Bumo, a podcast for the modern parent that wants to be the best version of themselves while being the best parents they can be for their kids. We'll be spotlighting parents and experts who are not only inspiring, but also willing to share with us how it really is. Because as we all know, parenting can be equally as rewarding as it is challenging. We're here to make your life easier, a little less stressful, and help you navigate through this complex thing called parenting. Welcome back to another episode of Being Bumo. Today, we have a very special guest that many of you are probably already familiar with. She has become a very close friend and mentor of mine as I've been growing my business. Her name is Rebecca Minkoff. Rebecca Minkoff is a founder of a global fashion brand, Rebecca Minkoff, which she started with her brother in 2005 in New York City. The brand is a household name and has four retail locations in the U.S., nine internationally, and distributed in over 900 stores worldwide. She is also the founder of Female Founder Collective, but most importantly, a mom of three. You guys will really enjoy this conversation because she opens up about how the pandemic has affected not only her business, but also her family and how she has to shift her mindset as a working mom. She openly talks about all the unsexy things that come with being a mom, a parent, marriage, and running a business all under one roof. It is such a open, vulnerable, and raw conversation. You guys will definitely get some laughs out of it, as I'm sure you will be able to relate to some of the things that she is talking about, but incredibly inspiring and also just uplifting. We talk about how she shows up for herself, her business, and her family every single day. With that said, here's our conversation. Hi, Rebecca. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, honey. I'm glad to be here. It's so good to see you. Um, You know, I'm just so excited to have you here because I feel like I talk to you a lot about business stuff, but I'm excited that we get to catch up. And I just have so many questions for you. A lot of our listeners also have uh, submitted in questions. So we're going to get right into it. Okay. So to break the ice, I want to know What is the first thing that Rebecca Minkoff does when she wakes up in the morning? I stumble out and I get my coffee and I literally, I'm so addicted to it that like, I I don't even kiss my husband. I barely say hi to my kids. I have got to get to my coffee and I put heavy cream in it. So priorities. How do you take your coffee? Is it black with cream or what is it? It's black with heavy cream. I attempted to do Bulletproof several years ago and the cream, the heavy cream is the only thing that stuck with me. Ah, I see. I usually like to do black, but sometimes I'll do cream when I'm feeling like extra, I don't know, special that day. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're just going to go right into it because you run so many different businesses from Rebecca Minkoff to Female Founders Club to your podcast and you're constantly launching different products, but you're also a mom of three and a wife and a woman with your own needs. And I wanted to talk about these different areas. These are five different areas of yourself and how you show up every single day for these areas. Because I feel like as women, 
we all have so many different responsibilities and it's not just being a mom. It's not just, you know, working, but how do you do all these things and feel really good about it? So let's start off with being an entrepreneur and a boss and running a business during these challenging times in a pandemic. I just want to know, like, how has that affected you? How have you guys shifted? What are some hurdles that you guys face during these times? Yeah. So back in March, the way that our business was sort of had always been planned was about 70% of our business was wholesale. So when you go to a Saks, Bloomingdale's, Nordstrom, that's considered wholesale. And 30% was our own e-commerce site, which we were happy with the volume we were doing, but it certainly didn't support the infrastructure of our company. And on the second week uh, after lockdown started, we just started getting cancellation of purchase orders from every one of our vendors because they were shutting their doors and they couldn't take an inventory. So some people you know, said, well, were you not able to produce anything? And I was like, no, it was all there ready to ship. Mm. So we basically had to wipe off of our entire financial plan, 70% of our business overnight. And that meant letting go of 50% of our staff, which was the worst part of everything that's occurred for, you know, me and my business during the pandemic, because we had staff to service those retailers. We had, you know, bigger teams to do stuff. So overnight we all got five hats and we said, you know, we're going to live and die every day by what we do on our own site. So that Mm -hmm. becomes the most important thing. That's what's going to keep feeding the people we have left, which is about 25 of us now. And so what does that look like? So I had to go back to 2005 when I launched my company and go, what does that look like? You know, I'm copywriter, I'm content creator, I'm photo shoot lady, you know, like it's the nitty gritty of, of starting a business. That's what this year has felt like is that we just relaunched a business. And so, you know, there's the downside of that, but then the upside is we wanted to become more e-commerce driven direct to consumer. And we saw that taking five years to gently sort of come off the, the crack cocaine drip of, of uh, wholesale and right-size the business, but we had to do it in six months. So, you know, our sales were up this year from last year. We have a much tighter connection to our consumer. We just know our business and we have a stronger uh, platform to build on. And so anything after this is gravy, but it was definitely not without like and still is the hardest work of my life. I think that is so refreshing to hear because I I feel like a lot of people assume when they hear of bigger establishments and bigger designers that are well-known that they are okay and that they are covered during these times, but it's almost a reset button for even the bigger companies, right? And as you mentioned, you've had to really go back to the books of what was I doing when I first started and almost having to pick those things up because sometimes you forget, right? And having to do all the little things that you haven't done for so many years and it's humbling, I'm sure. And it's just, it's really nice to hear that even with such a large business, and a household name that you've kind of had to reset everything as well. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I love telling entrepreneurs, like, don't go after the big money raise because the things you learn as an entrepreneur, when you don't have the money in the beginning and you have to like blood, sweat and tears and figure it out, that experience is valuable because someone who had just raised a ton of money, hired all the right people, never learned all the lessons I have, wouldn't Mm -hmm. be able to go back to 
what do I do now that my business is evaporated? How do I have an e-com company? And then you have this like street, you right. know, this sort of street cred, or I don't know what the term I'm trying to come up with, but like you earned it. So you know exactly what to do. You got to get down and dirty and like get your business, you know, on the right side. Yeah. I mean, it's strangely good and bad, right? Like good in a sense where, I mean, there's tons of businesses, amazing businesses that I've looked up to that are sadly no longer here, but it almost made people press the refresh button. And it's almost like the strong will stand during these times and the strong will rise during these times. And it kind of goes back to the basics, right? Like who knows how to run their business, like from the basics, from the ground up. And I think that's what it really took for many of us and yourself included. Are you running your business from home now? Yeah. So the way the uh, office is sort of working right now is my brother's my business partner and CEO. And so for the first six months of the pandemic, almost everything was remote, except it's, it's impossible for a design team to design anything over Zoom. Mm -hmm. So there was a core group of four people going into the office daily or a few, several days a week. Um, and then I would go in every other week. And then in July, when we realized uh, school was not going to be going back to normal and that I was maybe going to jump off a building if I had to keep homeschooling <laughs> my kids, I was like, we're going to move to Florida just temporarily. The kids are going to get to go to school every day. They'll be out of my hair from nine to six and I can work and I can focus. So mm. since July, I've been commuting back and forth to New York and my brother goes in the office one to two days a week. But for the most part, 90% of our team is remote. And then the design team, and our photographer have to go in daily just because, again, you're touching, you're feeling leather, you're, you know, doing so all you're, that. So you're in Florida right now? I'm in Florida in my daughter's bedroom, yes. Oh. But she's not here, so it's great. <laughs> I, I had no idea that you're in Florida. How far is the commute from New York to Florida? It's a two and a half hour flight. It's easy. So I go oh, back. okay. Up. Yeah, I go back up once a month for about a week. That's when I can do all my design diligence, sign off on everything, present what I'm thinking to the team, shoot some content, just have that FaceTime. And then Mm -hmm. I go back and then, you know, I'm doing Zoom calls, creating content, writing all the emails for everything and podcasts, all the the other stuff that I do that's not design focused. For those of you that don't know me, I am a skincare enthusiast. My one go-to self-care ritual is doing my skincare once the kids are down for bed. It's something I look forward to every single day. So I want to introduce you guys to Milk and Honey. It's a line of non-toxic, effective, and safe bath, body, and skincare made in small batches in Austin, Texas. Milk and Honey sources ingredients as hyper-clean as possible. That means choosing organic above all else and making thoughtful, informed choices on safe, synthetic ingredients when organic isn't possible. Milk and Honey's products are developed alongside their in-house team of esthetician at Milk and Honey Spa. And fun fact, they're actually opening up their very first spa location outside of Texas in Los Angeles in Brentwood, which I will definitely be visiting in March 2021. And will utilize their complete product collection and offer their full range of massage and body treatments, facials and hydrofacials, medical aesthetics, waxing, manicures and pedicures. I mean, it sounds like a dream and something that I need right now. My personal favorite product is their Blue Tansy Balm. It's so unique and velvety. I absolutely love it. And they're a milk bath. Make sure to check them out at milkandhoney.com and enjoy 15% off with code BUMO15. B-U-M-O-15. 
Hey there, have you ever wanted to learn how to overcome your health challenges, level up in life, and become your best self? Want business, beauty, and bite-sized wellness tips from the best? My name is Tara Mackey, the best-selling author and entrepreneur who's here to help you live better on my show, Bold and Brilliant. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday and subscribe so you don't miss a moment. Also, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Tara A. Mackey or on Facebook at The Organic Life. So let's move on to as you being a woman and a supporter and a friend. You know, when I first had my idea of Bumo, you were one of the first people that I called up because I just knew like, for those of you that don't know Rebecca, she has always been a supporter of just anything new and innovative. And she was always open, Um, especially with the influencer industry. You're one of the very first, if not the first to adopt kind of influencers when influencers was kind of like a bad name, as you mentioned, like a C-list celebrity, right? So I just knew that, you know, I needed advice. I need help um, with this new business idea. So I called you up and you were just like, as usual, just open arms, like willing to intro me to whoever I needed intros to give me advice about fundraising and all of that. So, you know, you've always been a supporter of women, an advocate of women. Hence the reason why you started Female Founders Club, right? And so one, I would like to talk a little bit about that, but also how you continue to support women during these times. Yeah. So I think the root of that stems from a few things. Growing up, a Jewish girl in the in the town that I'm in, in Florida, where my parents are, uh, I was an outsider. I was made fun of. I was bullied. You know, I was also very skinny growing up. So between the Jew and the skinniness, it was just like always being left out. And I hated that feeling. And then I got to New York and it was like the fashion industry, Devil Wears Prada, which is, it's very much not like that anymore, but it was for a long time. And I wasn't good enough for Anna So therefore I had to make my own way. And so I really hated that feeling of like, why aren't women supporting each other in this industry? Why is it only one woman gets to be on top or have the power? And so once I felt like I had an established enough platform, I said, I want to use this platform to help other women and to create a collective of women that have gone through it or about to go through it and how we can help them. So launched the Female Founder Collective in 2018 with the idea that there should be a common group of founders who can be peer mentors for each other, but that we can give them access to education so that they can learn all the unsexy stuff. There are plenty of companies out there that teach you how to take a selfie or use a filter, but no one teaches you like the nitty gritty, you know, stuff of business, like how to read a profit and loss statement. What does EBITDA mean? Like all these terms that you hear that we start our businesses with a passion, not necessarily like a Wharton education. And so it was really the goal of like, how do we provide education? So some of the events we've had are really stemmed around founders. You've taught at one of them, teaching true knowledge, uh, but then also, you know, investing. How do you even prepare a deck to get an investor? So some of our women have gone on to raise collectively over $20 million um, since they've taken some of our seminars and some of our sort of more intense cohorts. We have a Slack group. We're launching paid membership in the next few weeks. So you'll really get a robust community, an education platform, and then a seal. Because as a mom, I don't know about you, but I shop by seal. I'm like organic, non-GMO, paraben-free. Mm-hmm. I just like look for the thing and it's in my cart. So could we as women and men support these you know, 12 million women-owned businesses just in the US by saying, oh, I see the seal, it's a woman, great, I'm buying it. 
I love that. I really, really love that. And I, I, I have to agree with you because a lot of, especially women, they go into business not necessarily thinking, oh, I'm going to make a ton of money from this. I mean, sometimes, right? But for the most part, we are passion-driven creatures and humans that go into business because we want to do something that we truly love. But then we come out of it being like, oh, crap. Like, I didn't know that I had to know all of this stuff. Like, for me, I talk about this openly but I'm horrible with numbers, right? Like that is something that I'm just not good at. My mind doesn't work that way. Um, I'm a true creative at heart. So, you know, I wish I had, you know, whether it be a course or someone that I could talk to about, you know, how to do certain things that I had to kind of figure it out on my own. And that's great that the collective offers that for women. Yeah. I think it's really important, especially the money stuff, because for whatever reason, and I don't remember ever being taught this as a, as a girl, but for whatever reason, women are shy to talk about money. We'll talk about sex. We'll talk about our kids, but when it comes to that stuff, people are like, Ooh. So I think it's like, you know, getting that knowledge around that first. And then how does that relate to business? How do you grow a business? All those things. I call them the unsexy things because no one wants to talk about it. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, as you mentioned, money, times have changed. I think my husband and I were talking about this, but now more than ever, women are the breadwinners in the household and like roles have changed. Right. And so it's almost like we have to be comfortable to talk about these things. And if you're not good at it, fine, but like learn about it. Right. And, um, yeah, I think, and even as a parent, right. Dad, I know more stay at home dads now more than ever before, which I think is cool. And there aren't necessarily labels anymore. And I mean, they, they still do exist, but I think people are aware that it doesn't ma- matter if you're a male or female, you can do both. Right. So yeah. for you as a mom, because you're also a mom of three kids, I don't know how you do it with three kids. You know, we were kind of thinking about it and we're like, uh, no, <laughs> I can't. but how do you make it work at home? I mean, you talked a little bit about like moving to Florida to get the support that you need, which I think is really great. But how do you run a business and not be burnt out by all the things that that you have to do, but still feel good about being a good parent? Because sometimes I feel like I get overwhelmed and I, I have good days and bad days. And sometimes I'm like, Oh crap, the kids could have like seen me a bit more today, you know? So how do you, how do you do that? So I've gone through definite roller coasters. So pre pre COVID, I thought I was spending a lot of time with my kids because I was like, I'm home by six forty five every night, and we're together until they go to bed at nine thirty. And I didn't realize how much time I wasn't spending with them because it felt like you know four days a week plus weekends. If I'm out one night, that's a lot of time. Um, and then the pandemic hit, and then you can't get away from them. And I'm like, well, this is way too much time. (laughs) So I think for me, you know, this temporary move to Florida was about also rebalancing. I get to see them longer in the morning because school starts later. I have focus time where I'm working like a dog until like six o'clock. And then from there, you know, I am spending a lot of time with them. But even my son the other day when I was out of town said to my mom, mommy works all the time and it's really annoying. And so I really was like, oh, even now he thinks I work too much, you know? So I really was like, okay, this week, 
I'm not just going to turn on the TV because I am exhausted and I just want them to sit there. I'm going to like play Monopoly. I'm going to sit by the fire. And so you have to work at it. You know, it's, it's, it's hard. I just want to go back to my computer sometimes and finish up what I'm doing, but I'm really trying to take this time. Like let, if that's what he's saying, then I gotta, I gotta stop because I've always sort of gauged what's too much by their temperament. Mm. And so I, I'm trying to figure out even now, like, okay, how do I actually truly stop working, put the phone down, put the computer away and focus. And it's something I'm definitely not perfect at, but trying to work on. Yeah. Do you guys have any rules and boundaries as far as like technology and social media goes in your household? Um, as far as with the kids? Even with yourself? No, I definitely need those rules. My husband is just recently left his company and is freelance. So like he's working whenever, all, like whenever work is, he's doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's been a change. So I think, you know, the last few nights was sort of a wake up call and I just put my phone away and I turned the alerts off. I was like, you know what? For these three hours, I think it's going to be okay. Like my fashion week experience will still happen. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do that too. I just like turn my phone, not off, but like I put it backwards and I just leave it in another room. It's hard, but sometimes it's like out of sight, out of mind, right? Yes. When you don't see it, then it's a little bit better that way. We all have heard about clean beauty products from makeup to skincare, but what about clean beauty supplements? Which is why I want to introduce you guys to Aura Organic, a plant-based organic nutrition company with an incredible ingestible beauty line. This line of five products was developed to help you feel beautiful from the inside out with potent plant-based ingredients that support glowing skin, hair, and nails. I've been using it for the past few months and as a busy mom, I could really see and feel the difference. Aura Organic believes in beauty from within and harnessing the earth's most powerful plants to help you transform your health. Aura is here to help you get to the root of the common beauty struggles that we all face with products that can help with hormonal acne, dry, irritated skin, wrinkle and fine lines, which I'm actually seeing more than ever, and sun-damaged skin. They have five unique products in the line, something for everyone. Aura's Ingestible Beauty Line was created to offer more and be easier to manage than your regular routine with innovative plant-based nutritional products to support skin, hair, and nails and health from within, which is great for busy moms like me. I'm one of those parents that forget about things so easily. If I don't see it, then I probably won't take it. So here's a little tip that I do. To make it extra simple, I actually keep my Aura Beauty products on my bathroom counter so I could actually see them. And I take them while I'm doing my skincare routine and my makeup. My personal favorite product is Aloe Gorgeous. Get it? Aloe Gorgeous. Which is a plant-based collagen booster. I usually put it into my morning coffee. It's made out of aloe vera and vitamin C pear protein, which are ingredients that act as a precursor for strong, healthy collagen. It actually contains ingredients that help smooth the appearance of wrinkles and fine lines. And look, it's a cleaner version of collagen. You can find Aura Organic at Ulta, Whole Foods, and The Vitamin Shop. You can also shop online at www.ora.organic and use code BUMO, B-U-M-O, at checkout for 15% off your purchase. Do you have any like tips or tricks that have worked for you, whether it be, you know, I don't know, like getting up early or like discovering a random show that is educational and fun or 
something that has worked for you to be able to do what you do as a businesswoman, but also with the kids? I mean, for me, when I wake up after I drop them off at school, that's my time to work out because we don't start our business hours until 10. So I get like a full 40 minutes to just do whatever and watch all the terrible shows while I'm working out. I think as far as doing something with the kids, it is playing these games. It is playing card games. It is that sort of like, let's mellow out. Let's not default to the movie as easy as I want that to be Mm -hmm. and take this conscious experience to play with them. So... I'm, I'm trying. I mean, we, we got into a bad habit during quarantine of like, there's a movie on every night, guys, let's do it. I've already weaned them off YouTube kids. I feel like that's a huge, like miracle. Yeah. So now I got to like wean them off the nightly movies. I mean, I think all rules have been kind of thrown out the windows (laughs) for all parents during this time. (laughs) Um, For us, it's like dessert and movie every single night. Yeah. It's, and it's an, it's hard habit to break. Uh, but then, then I found myself, if they're watching a kid's movie, I'll just work on my computer. And then that's when my son said, mommy works all the time. So now I'm like, okay, if I'm not interested in this movie, then we'll just do something else. Uh, I see. That makes sense. And then how about for, for your marriage, right? Because I think oftentimes as businesswomen, our partners become kind of the last priority. Um, at least for me, it, I have been in situations where I'm like, oh yeah, I I also have a husband that I have to take, like check in with, right? So how do you, I don't want to use the word balance, but how do you make sure that you are putting attention onto your relationship as well and not forgetting about that? Yeah, it's definitely something we are still working on. Pre-pandemic, because I had these fun things I would go to a lot, he would come and that was sort of our time to be together. And we could go to these fantastic dinners and fun events together and spend time together, but also with our friends. And obviously then we're together every single day and we're talking, but we're not spending time together. So I think that we're trying to make a conscious effort to get away at least one night, once a month, you know, even if it's 30 minutes away, like just get out of the house and be away from the kids. And I always feel amazing when we've done that and I come back and I'm excited to see them. My parents, you know, take them for the night, but it is a fight. Like to be transparent, I sleep in one room with my daughter and he sleeps in the other room with, with the boys, uh, to keep them away from me because everyone wants to sleep in the bed with me. And then I get <laughs> sleep. So like, we're already sleeping in separate rooms. Like, and it's like, okay, we need an appointment to have sex tonight's tonight, you know? So uh, it's definitely not perfect, but I also think we we both know this isn't going to go on forever and eventually we'll be back in our own apartment, in our own beds and, you know, back to a life where one night a week we're going on a date. I mean, that's the new reality, right? <laughs> like having to schedule in sex time or having to schedule in date night, that is, you know after kids and running a business, you got to do what you got to do. And, and listen, some people might think that sounds sad, but I don't know of another mother who doesn't have that issue right now. You know, I think it's very rare for me to find someone who's like, yeah, I'm having sex every night and we spend so much time together. I'm like, oh, but you also have four nannies. That makes sense. Okay, yeah. good. Can't relate. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, I think this opens up a very honest conversation is that, you know, when you are a career woman, whether you're running a business or whether you're working for a company. And when you are a mom, you know, 
just things naturally go to the wayside and you just have to know when that can go down south even more and just kind of like pick it up, right? And that that was for me and my relationship during quarantine. I was like, wow, this could go real bad. So yeah, we've had to be a bit more intentional, right? We've had to be a bit more intentional with the time that we spent, you know, get the help that we need. And yeah, it's totally normal to not have sex all the time. And you have to just kind of figure out what works for you. And so I'm glad that you're just being honest with that. And I think so many parents kind of feel guilty about that. But it's okay. It's just like the cycle of relationships, right? Yeah. And I think the guilt might come from, you might feel like your partner's disappointed. So I think the idea of being open, like, like he'll say to me, he'd be like, Hey, Rumi. And, or, (laughs) or, you know, I think like we're aware of the outness of the situation and we're openly talking about it. So it's not like, he's wondering what I'm thinking or vice versa. It's like, we both know this is kind of shitty. We know it's temporary. We love you. We'll see you on the other side, buddy. I love that. You guys are just open and like code words. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And last but not least, yourself. You know, you are a woman yourself and you have your own needs. And we all know if mama's not happy and she's not in a good place and she's not feeling inspired and empowered, then it affects the whole family. So you kind of mentioned that you work out in the morning. How have you shown up for yourself during these times? You know, like we're all stuck at home. We're all kind of like going crazy. So how have you been able to kind of feel your best during these times? I think it's a combination of, yes, it's exercise. It is, you know, I think if I showed you my, the amount of supplements I take on a daily basis, you'd be like, whoa, this woman's crazy. But I think, you know, I, everyone has a different form of self-help and I've taken some of the added, you know, I don't have the commute time that I lose. So do I take a 45 minute leadership class or a communications course? Like how do I better myself? And so sort of using that time that I'm gaining by not driving and traveling and flying like I used to all the time and saying like, okay, an hour a day, I can work on myself. You know, I can find that time before they get home from school to be like, how do I improve me? And so that's been really a game changer for me since we got to Florida. Prior to that, my self-help was, and I'm not proud of it, was a bottle of wine every night, but I had to sort of go, okay, this cannot continue. I don't like who I'm becoming and I got to like change course and, and really work on me. That's great. And so you feel like you're just more refreshed when you're in Florida because you're able to like think about yourself, right? Yeah. And you know, I think again, before the pandemic, there wasn't even time to think about yourself, Mm -hmm. at least for me, it was just go, go, go. You're in the hamster wheel. And I think this has forced us to go, okay, wait, we have to be really strong and healthy to be able to get through this. Mm -hmm. So if that means I don't get an hour of emails done, I think it's okay. Yeah. I think it's just like resetting the expectations as well for yourself and like what you can do and just like kind of stepping back and be like, am I happy? Like, am I okay? And I've never asked myself that question either before. Like, I think 2020 was the very first year where I was like, oh, how are you doing, Chriselle? And I don't know <laughs> if that's, that is something that you've experienced, but it's a really healthy conversation to have with yourself because at the end of the day, you should be your own best friend and be your own advocate. Speaking of being an advocate, you've always been outspoken about causes. You've been outspoken about things that people might not agree upon. Was it scary speaking out? And were you scared about 
losing followers, losing business. How was that? How was navigating that whole situation? I think the scariest part was I've never been scared to speak out. Mm -hmm. I think there was so much pent up emotion from people that have been treated unfairly for so long that how do you do this in a way that's thoughtful and considerate and is not jumping on the bandwagon? You know, a friend of mine said, hiring black models is not supporting black people. And I was like, I think it is. I'm paying them. They're represented in my shows more than 50%. And if that's a way that I can show beauty, great. It was a larger conversation. So I'm taking that out of context, but it made me go, how can I even be more supportive? You know, and that's why I love Aurora James's 15% pledge. Cause it's a way that you can go like, Am I buying my coffee from Starbucks or am I going to go down the street to the, you know, the local black owned business? You know, who are my tampons from? Where are my toys from? Like, let's, let's rewire, not just order everything from Amazon as great as Amazon is and say, let's support black owned businesses or let's support women owned businesses and, and see if that changes things. So I wasn't scared of that. I think the, the hardest part for me is in the wake of all this, you know, my store in LA was destroyed. Um, and not by black people, by white people, because we have it on camera. And so here I am on the day that I go out and show the support, and then I get camera footage of my store being attacked and people breaking in and then more people stealing stuff was like, it was hard to just swallow what I was personally going through and say, this doesn't matter right now. What matters is there's a bigger moment going on that, that more people need support that's more important than, you know, I'll get insurance money for this. So I think- yeah. I lost followers. I lose them every time I post about it. I did a podcast and, you know, about it and lost, like my downloads went down by 10,000. So I just feel like I want to be on the right side of history. So if I lose those people, that's fine. You know, hopefully the people that are coming to me are like, okay, she, you know, there should be, we should just have equality as a minimum table stakes. Yeah. And there's so much more to be done. So it's fine. It's annoying. Right. But I feel like it's important when you have the platform to stand up for what you believe in. And I feel like the fashion industry has been, you know, like this, I feel like 2020 was a year where people were held accountable, especially the fashion industry as well. And I feel like it's been so great to see people like yourself just standing up no matter like, Hey, I am going to lose this. I'm going to lose followers, but I don't care. Like this is the right thing to do. And that was really empowering for me to see of all these designers and all these people that I look up to that were just like speaking out about it. So. Yeah. And I think the thing to remember, the people that are getting called out as fake are only just posting on social media. Mm. But if you go back and you go, okay, good. Uh, whether it's my shows or more, you know, more than 50% of my staff, are women of color, 90% of my staff are women. Um, You know, you have to sort of like make sure that as a company, if you're going to stand on these issues, that you're whole inside. You're not Mm -hmm. just doing it to like have an empty, I support you. Yeah. So I think, I think that that's key is like, make sure that before anyone says anything that like, you can look inside and go, you know, my closet is clean. Uh, I've been supporting, you know, black people, not just on May 16th. It started, you know, it, go back and do your due diligence, you know, to yeah. make sure that uh, you're coming from a real authentic place. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. If there is one tip advice you can give parents just in general, um, I know it's a very general question, but what would that be? 
Um, I have a few. I think that the therapeutic action of when you get frustrated and angry and you've been homeschooling your kids and just like everything fucking sucks, leave your phone at home and like go for a walk and look outside and look at the trees and look at the street and just get your attention out. I know that when I'm at my like breaking point, I'll just be like, knit a minute, babe, do my walk, come back. And I think over communicating right now with your partner, you know, there's a lot of conversation about women taking on the brunt of the work and leaving the workforce. And that might be true, but the conversation shouldn't be with anyone other than your partner, theoretically, right? You made a choice to have kids with this person. They better step up, right? Mm. Or you better figure out what is fair. And um, I think it's having those conversations because so much of that frustration and you know, anger can come from like, you feel like I'm doing the laundry, I'm doing the cooking, I'm doing the cleaning, I'm working and I'm homeschooling and I'm going to fucking kill you. So it's like, hey buddy, or hey lady, you know, you're 50% here. You're, you made half of this DNA of this child. <laughs> you, you get to pitch in right now. And so how, what are the gives with that? And I think it might be uncomfortable, but watching a baby come out of someone is also uncomfortable and they did that and they're still with you. So, um, you know, have, have that. those dialogues. I love that. Be over communicative with your partner and not be afraid, right? And yeah. because it builds up inside and then it could explode at some point. So having those daily conversations is so key. Well, thank you so much. And is there anything that you are working on that we should all know about? I feel like you're always working on something exciting. Yes. Yes. There's so much exciting. Okay. June 15th, my book comes out. Um, it's called fearless, you know, it's 21 rules for inspiring courage, creativity, and success. And it's, it's all the things that I didn't follow the, the normal way and, and in business, how I succeeded. So I'm excited for that to come out. And, um, that is like been harder than birthing a child. So I'm ready for it to be here and all the things that women can take from it. I mean, you are literally birthing your fourth child at this point. So <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Rebecca. Um, and where can people find you on Instagram? They can follow me on at Rebecca Minkoff. You can make up for all the followers I lost by supporting causes. <laughs> or you can follow me. I'm I'm trying on TikTok, as we said, at Rebecca Minkoff. And I and listen to my podcast, Super Women with Rebecca Minkoff. And we just recorded a show there. So make sure to check that out. All right. Thank you so much. I will let you go. And I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to BumoBrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.